Trigger warning. The following episode contains references to sexual assault, sexual content, death, factual inaccuracies, several entitled people making light of all these things. If any of the aforementioned topics cause you discomfort, you may want to listen to a different episode. Look, Dawson, just get back to the podium until it's time to introduce the serial killer, that contestant. I'm Andy. Congratulations, you've won a brand new car and the lifelong loathing of the Russian police. I'm Kelly. Tonight, win fabulous prizes on the $10,000 pyramid or suffer the mummy's curse. I'm Adam. That's right, you've won a brand new baby. I'm Sean, and this is Acid Pop. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Come on down, because you're next on Acid Pop. Today, we're talking about game shows. I want to be on the game show. Yeah. I propose we just lost one of the big ones. (laughs) As uh, we learned in our video game episode, game comes from Old English gamen, meaning joy, fun, or amusement. I'm experiencing much joy. (laughs) (laughs) This breaks down from Proto-Germanic ga, meaning together, and man, meaning, well, man. So, people together. People together make a game. It's called soccer, the world's game. This episode is now about soccer. soccer. So show comes from Old English shawan, meaning look at, see, gaze, behold, or observe. Behold the gathered peoples. (laughs) Look at that. This also goes back to Proto-Germanic from scowl. Scowl? So there isn't a fear of game shows as far as I can tell. Probably the closest is a tickophobia or fear of failure from Greek atikis, meaning unfortunate. I feel like we've talked about that one before, but I don't remember where. I feel like a a stage fright or something would also kind of apply. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even like fear of people. I mean, you're, you're being mm-hmm. watched. Is there a fear of winning? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, it's called being the Cubs. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> There's no science to game shows, really. People like gambling, money, and making a spectacle. Yeah. <laughs> and laughing at other people doing that. Yeah. So we're on to our acid pop quiz. True or false? Rigging game shows is against the law. This is true. Didn't it, didn't it, like the, it was like the $1,000 pyramid or something? They got in a lot of trouble? That does sound like something I've heard before. But uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just a finger wag. I'm going <laughs> to say false. Feels like it should be. So I'm going to go with true. This is true, at least in America. This came about from a few different shows, but mostly it focused on a show called 21 from 1956. Mm. The idea was that two contestants would be asked questions. If you answered correctly, you got a point. First to 21 points wins. In its first few episodes, neither contestant knew the answer to any of the questions, so they basically (laughs) just ummed and ud for half an hour. Duh. Awkward. (laughs) Yeah. The show's sponsor, Geritol, which is a dietary supplement, Says so this was the lamest thing ever, so fix it or we'll pull out. Big Geritol. Shut it down. <laughs> Stop getting dummies on my show. <laughs> to do so, the show's producers basically scripted the whole thing, fabricating contestant backgrounds to make them more empathetic, telling them when to look flustered, and ensuring a nail-biting ending. A few months in, they found their golden boy in Herb Stimple. I just imagine both made-up... Con- contestants being like extra D&D characters. Uh, how are they both orphans? And they're both wearing eye patches on different eyes. <laughs> that, guy, that guy's half orc. <laughs> That's incredible. I hope he wins. 
So Herb was on a scripted hot streak and was becoming a bit of a celebrity. However, his popularity was waning, so they found a new shill named Charles Van Doren, and they told Herb to take a dive. And to kill him off in a dramatic fashion. <laughs> yep. Well, it might have been better because Herb oh. was quickly forgotten and became bitter. Another contestant in a similar situation went to the press and Herb followed suit. So as I said, this went down in 1958 and the viewing public was up in arms. Pretty much every game show on air was canceled and the show producers were taken to court and in the aftermath, Congress amended the Communications Act to prohibit fixing of televised content. This sounds like a good movie, though. It does. So true or false, if you win a prize on a game show, you can take its value in cash instead. This Oh, is it? I'm gonna say true because I don't need another washing machine, Bob. <laughs> it feels like one of those like made-up rules that a lot of people go, "Yeah, I've heard that." Like, oh, if the teacher doesn't show up after 15 minutes, we get to just go home. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna say false because I feel like I've seen shows where you're given a choice, like you can have this money or this yeah. thing, and if you could just have the money either way, then there wouldn't be a choice. Yeah, so there are definitely shows where it is an option, but this is false for two reasons. First, some shows offer a prize, and if you turn it down, that's it. You go home empty-handed. So one contestant won a private flight, but they had to pay the taxes on it before they left, which they couldn't afford. The flight could only be up to two and a half hours away from their home airport. It had to be within a year of the winning, and they had to avoid many blackout days. It was so complicated that it just turned down the whole thing and went home. They won an inconvenience. Yeah, basically. (laughs) You can fly it all the way to beautiful Tuskegee. (laughs) (laughs) So second, some prizes are always substituted for cash, regardless of your feeling. While they do give you the same value, they take out the taxes. So after you get the money, it isn't enough to buy the prize anymore. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I guess I would kind of prefer that as opposed to the inconvenience flight. Yeah. Yeah. So that was all I had for true-false. So we're on to fill in the blank. How long has the longest-running game show been on? Jeez, hmm. oh, it's got to be like Jeopardy or real, right? Or maybe Price is Right. I, I, I don't think it, I'm, Jeopardy had used to have a different host before Alec Trebek, and that guy was on there for like a millennia. I'm gonna say it started in the '50s and it got all the way to here, seventy-three years. Okay. Oh, the question was the length of time. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Sixty years. Mm, I'm gonna say there's been one running since the '50s. That's what Andy said. I'm I'm going with him. <laughs> so you're also saying 70? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then, unfortunately, you all went over. Oh. So this was a surprisingly close race, but the winner is The Price is Right, which has been on air for 58 years. Okay. Nice. So I don't so think they started, started in the 50s. They started in the 70s, I think, or 60s. How short was the shortest running game show? Oh, man. Like, an three. episode? Yeah, I was going to yeah. say three days. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I figure they must film them pretty fast, so they must yeah. have filmed a season and something must have happened. So I'm going to say five episodes. Yeah, it turns out we can't just give away chimpanzees as prizes. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, the censors didn't like name that celebrity penis. <laughs> <laughs> so again, this was a tight race. There was a tie for first with Secret Talents of the Stars in 2008, where celebrities were pitted against each other to showcase talents they had outside their claim to fame. Hmm. Apparently, there's a reason why celebrities are known for particular talents, because uh-huh. seeing them do other stuff got this show canceled after one episode. <laughs> what were they doing? I don't even know. It was like an actor like whistling or something. George Clooney can play a trumpet with his butt. <laughs> <laughs> 
The other show canceled after one episode was Who's Your Daddy from 2005. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> In it, an adult contestant who was adopted as a child is presented with 25 men and has to Oops. guess who is their biological father. <laughs> That's <laughs> horrific. Who came up with that idea? <laughs> a monster. <laughs> Apparently it didn't go over well. However, I also wanted to talk about the number two spot, which goes to The Chamber from 2002. In it, contestants were placed in a box, then basically flipped a coin for hot or cold. Oh, no. If they flipped hot, the box would start out at 110 degrees Fahrenheit, 43 That's degrees Celsius, and slowly heat to 150 degrees Fahrenheit, what? or Until 66 degrees Celsius. All the while, flames shot out around the contestant. Add a couple carrots and some chicken stock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If they flipped cold, the box started out at 30 degrees Fahrenheit, or uh. negative 1 Celsius, and cooled to negative 20 Fahrenheit, Ooh. or negative 29 Celsius. And in this one, water was splashed on them, which quickly froze no. in place. Tell us where your rebel friends are. <laughs> <laughs> While this was going on either way, wind was blown around the chamber at up to 140 <laughs> miles an hour, or 230 kilometers per hour. Is this the first ring of hell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Players were electrocuted, and the oxygen in the box was decreased. <laughs> and all the while, they were asked trivia questions and tried to answer to win money. Sounds like they're trying to give Daredevil his mutant power. Or not Daredevil, uh, Deadpool. <laughs> yeah. So apparently torturing people on air was unethical, so this show <laughs> was canceled, too. Does when Milf Island count? When was that made? 2002. Ugh. Yeah. So what is the largest game show prize ever? Mount Rushmore. Are we talking price or like <laughs> yeah, actual right. size? Dollar amount. Hmm. Um, it's got to well, be more than million because like that's standard. Yeah. Who wants to be a millionaire? I'm going to say 10 million. That's, that sounds like one of the things yeah. where it's like, it's the 10th anniversary of this one show. I was going to say like 2 million. We'll go with 5. 5 million. Well, unfortunately, this answer isn't very exciting. Apparently, no show wants to push the line that was set by who wants to be a millionaire. So oh. a handful of people who have won that show are tied for first with $1 million. Oh. Well. However, an honorable mention goes to Brad Rutter, who won $4.93 million on Jeopardy. Just not all at once. Too persistent. smart. Yeah, he is. So this one is pretty open-ended, but what was the strangest game show prize? Strangest game show prize? Granny massage. An emu. <laughs> A new identity. Ooh. <laughs> so in 2013 in Pakistan, Amir Liliquat Hussein hosted the popular show Aman Ramazan, in which excited audience members were given babies. Uh, what? <laughs> um. Yep. <laughs> so this is more wholesome than it sounds, as the show okay. worked closely with the Chipa Welfare Association to find homes for needy children. But it's still a weird way to adopt out babies. <laughs> I have to answer trivia questions on child care? Yeah. Sponsored today by Cheapo Babies. <laughs> <laughs> Cookies discount babies. <laughs> so when was the first game show on the air? First? Mm -hmm. How long have Nin we had TV? Yeah, that's what I was going to uh, say. Like 40s? I'm going to say 1947. We, we took two years off after World War II ended to get our <laughs> shit together. Now we need something fun. Mm -hmm. Now we need to pop out babies and watch game shows. I'm going to say 1890. Ooh. Wow. It was on the radio. Oh, I was I was just about to say the radio could count. When when was the radio invented? <laughs> Quick, somebody get Marconi on the line. <laughs> Let's say 1900. Well, you were right that it was the radio, but you went back a little too far. 
It was in 1938 on the BBC, and it was called Spelling Bee. In it, guests competed by spelling words. Ooh, it was universally riveting. renowned as the most boring show on the radio. <laughs> I was going to say, this is Adam's favorite game show. <laughs> ah, it drives me into a rage every time. <laughs> so for our terms today, I'm going to list a show, and you're going to tell me what you think the show is about. So our first show, Repo Games. I'll bet that's one of the ones where a like a storage unit has been repossessed yeah. and you bid on it. Uh, I'm I'm going to guess that somebody's stuff has been repossessed and you have to guess how much it's worth in like mm-hmm. a showcase. Yeah, I'm I'm going to say it's less mysterious than like the storage unit. Like you can see like a whole pile sitting there, but you don't you might not know <laughs> everything that's in it. It's like a guess how many jelly beans. Um <laughs> but it's it's more of a bidding war. This show follows two professional repo men, who are people who go out to repossess assets from people who can't pay on their loans. And so they basically go out and collect cars from people. The hosts were confronted oh. with angry shouting and on one occasion a loaded shotgun when trying to hook up cars to a tow truck. The men would then tell the new pedestrian that they had a chance to keep their car if they could answer <laughs> three of five trivia Pardon? questions correctly. <laughs> I would doubt that that caused more rage. What is this, shitty yeah. cash cab? <laughs> so if they got three questions wrong, the tow truck took off. Goodbye. <laughs> so this show ran for two seasons. What? I don't know if this is why the show was canceled, but one disgruntled vehicle owner opened fire on the production van as the host made a hasty retreat, Jesus. for which he spent 90 days in jail for attempted murder. Honestly, I'm empathetic. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. The, the repo itself was legit or no? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were real repo men. It was on Spike TV, if that answers anything. That does answer some <laughs> questions. Next, Oh Sit. What was that? Oh Sit? <laughs> this is a... You have to sit on progressively worse things for, for more money each time. The cactus, a jumping spider. This is a Scottish game show to see how long contestants will sit on uncomfortable stools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think this is just uh, musical chairs. Mm. <laughs> Kelly nails it. Oh. It was musical chairs, the game show. Next, three's a crowd. Well, this is a dating it's, game. Yeah. I was going to say, it's got to be a dating game. It, yeah, it's like a blind date, except like it's three people at once, and you got to like rule one of them out on the date. Oh, but the the, the, the two people who are like the... Like, if, it, if, it's, if it's a dude and two girls, the girls have to sabotage each other. If it's a, a girl and two dudes, the dudes have to sabotage so each other. So it's sort of reality TV, too. Oh, I think, I think I've got an idea. So it is that, except it's the blind date and then the mom. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea, actually. <laughs> oh, but, okay, I like, I like the other one. You have two partners, except one of them's an actor. And if you choose the actor, you don't get to go on the date. He laughs at you at the <laughs> end. <laughs> Says, I'll never date you. I was acting. <laughs> so you guys were in the neighborhood, at least. So this show came from the mind of Chuck Barris, a sort of game mm. show savant from the 60s. He started such well-known shows as The Dating Game and The Newlywed Game. In 1979, he aired his latest idea, Three's a Crowd. In it, a man was brought on stage and asked three personal questions. Once his answers were noted, his wife and secretary were brought out and asked the Uh-oh. same questions and were told to answer as the man would. Whichever woman won went home with $1,000. Oh. So the show's contestants were visibly uncomfortable and audiences hated it. Some saying that the show promoted infidelity. <laughs> and divorce. Yeah. Yeah. I'm honestly not sure how, though, but... I... 
How does he like his back massaged? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the show was canceled after one season and permanently tarnished Barris's reputation. He retreated from the public eye forever. From one show? Well, yeah. Yeah, basically after that, he if his name was associated with it, then people didn't want anything to do with it. Uh-huh. He didn't really, like, go bankrupt or anything. He just sort of, like, worked behind the scenes after that. Yeah, then he became the assassin for the FBI or something. Yeah. <laughs> you ever seen that movie? No? You never heard about that? Which? It's an interesting story. Which story? The story about Chuck Barris. Oh, no. Uh, he claims to have been like a an assassin or something. If I, I, I think that's who it was, if I'm remembering right. But there's a whole oh, movie about yeah. it starring Sam Rockwell. I vaguely remember that. It was like he got into like fiction writing or something, but like didn't it's, think it was It's fiction? in his autobiography, but everybody's like, yeah. that can't be true. <laughs> right. Something like that. I don't remember. I wasn't reading about that. I was reading about this other thing. So next, The Interception. The, uh, okay, during a an actual NFL football game, you have to run out on the field and grab <laughs> the ball from the air before any <laughs> other player can get it. The interception. Something about, like, intercepting a secret code or passphrase or something. Maybe, like, one one person one person knows it, and they're telling other people stuff, and they have to guess it. I don't know. <laughs> a car is careening out out of control you have one hour to stop it from going off a cliff oh my god so kelly's probably the closest what this one actually sounds like a lot of fun <laughs> contestants were given the keys to a new car they were then let loose on the streets of moscow their car had a radio transmitter in it that the police were tracking if they could avoid the police for 35 minutes they got to keep the car real russian police <laughs> yeah <laughs> they were told to obey all traffic laws, but come on, did they really? <laughs> Wait, so like the police are after them? Yeah. But like they're not doing anything wrong. No, it's just a game show. So the police aren't doing anything important right now. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. <laughs> like police are playing off. a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's practice. Who knows? <laughs> Our last one here, Torre. Bullfighting. Yeah, it's some you, sort of like a. It's you dress up like a clown and you have to dodge the bulls. Yep. I think this is a this is a kids game show, mm. and 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 one of the kids dresses up as a bull and tries to knock down the other kids. Tries to gore the other children. Yes, <laughs> it's adorable. <laughs> Got steak knives on his head. <laughs> oh God! So this is a Japanese game show. So I think it's Tore for Tiger. Mm. So it's got a number of silly physical challenges that must be done while answering trivia questions, but probably the most uncomfortable is when a player is asked questions while two large spools of cloth wrap them up tight like a mummy. <laughs> no. If they don't answer the questions by the time their head is encased, they're stuffed into a sarcophagus. <laughs> As is traditional. <laughs> so that concludes our acid pop quiz. Let's move on to our stories. So let's talk about some cheaters on game shows. To be honest, there aren't many of these, and most of the time it's just someone surreptitiously looking at their phone. Though there are two interesting stories that I wanted to tell. The first is about Charles Ingram, a British army major who went on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in Britain in 2001. Him and his wife Diana were obsessed with this show. They studied it religiously, and Diana had actually been on the show once before. She won 32,000 pounds. Nice. Yep. So when Charles made it onto the show, it was towards the end of recording, and he only got through six questions before they had to call it a day. But even so, he already had used two lifelines to get that far, so it was pretty clear that he wasn't going to make it much further. But that night, Charles and Diana recruited Tequan Wittick, 
another contestant who was waiting in the wing. The three of them hatched an ingenious, untraceable plan to cheat the system. The next day, when Charles went up for question seven, he considered his options carefully. He slowly and deliberately read out his options as he contemplated. (laughs) When he got to option C, a loud cough rang out from the audience in the direction of his wife. Oh, boy. He answered C, advancing to question eight. (laughs) (laughs) He repeated this process with each question, and by an amazing coincidence, each time he said the right answer, a cough would ring out. Somebody get this lady a cough drop. (laughs) Yeah. He made it right to the end, winning one million pounds. After the recording stopped, a giddy Charles went to request his prize, but the show producer said, well, thing is, we think you cheated? <laughs> to which he responded by going, what? Me? <laughs> Cheat? I even know what that means. Looking about as innocent as a toddler with her face covered in chocolate. <laughs> the issue made its way to court, where it was really clear to everyone that the three had cheated. Now, this isn't a criminal offense, but the court ruled that he wouldn't get the money. A few years later, he got caught up in an insurance fraud and lost his army rank. So, so what did the, the third person have to do with it? He also coughed. They basically, oh, okay. He basically had two people that potentially could know the answer. Hmm. And it was just like, when it was cut together, so it was just like question after question, it was just, <laughs> they were coughing so much. <laughs> to see that. And they both tried to say like, what? I just have allergies. What are you going to, is he going to kill a guy for having allergies? I'm allergic to correct answers. <laughs> think i got the covid and they're like well that's funny because you've been sitting in that seat for a week and you haven't coughed before or since so that story was just funny because it was a dumb plan but our next <laughs> cheater is a hero <laughs> michael larson was an ice cream truck driver living in ohio in the 80s he was obsessed with game shows he had a literal wall of tvs in his house and would put on a different game show on each one Ooh, spooky a little yeah One of his favorites was Press Your Luck. In case you're unfamiliar with this show, contestants would answer trivia questions to earn spins on a large square. The edges of the square were lined with amounts of money, prizes, extra spins, and the whammy. A sort of mascot who reclaimed all prizes if landed on, thus the origin of the chant, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy. (laughs) The squares would flip between options and the selected square would fly randomly around the grid. Or I guess I should say, seemingly random. Uh. Mike recorded episodes of the show and found that the squares followed a pattern. Hmm. Moreover, he found a few squares in the pattern that never had a whammy. Weird. This isn't cheating. This is like card counting. This is just smart, smart game playing. So in 1984, he spent his life savings on a trip to L.A. where he auditioned for the show. He made it on, and while he didn't do great at the trivia, he did score a couple of spins. It turned out that stopping the flickering square when he wanted to was harder than expected, and it took him a few tries to find his rhythm. But once he did, he just didn't stop. Hmm. He racked up money, vacations, and a sailboat. (laughs) At the time, it was customary to wait until a contestant missed a spin to cut to a commercial break, but Mike's winning streak was so long that they had to end the show and do their first ever (laughs) to-be-continued. By the time Mike decided to stop... One of his opponents had $9,000, the other had eleven, and Mike had just over $110,000. <laughs> At the time, it was the largest single-day game show prize ever won. He had spun and scored 40 times in a row. <laughs> wow. So needless to say, the producers had a long time to get suspicious while watching Mike's total <laughs> climb. They knew something was up, so they didn't pay him right away. 
However, after figuring out what he did, they realized there was no rule against a dog playing basketball, so they reluctantly <laughs> paid him. So after that, they changed the board to be truly random. And that's just bad design on their part. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. There's a couple squares that'll never have whammies, and it's a specific pattern. Yeah. yeah and like I said, they paid him. So as for our hero, unfortunately, greed got the better of him. He heard about a radio contest that was going on where you would read out the serial number of a $1 bill. The owner of that bill would get $30,000. He took out all his winnings in singles, but he didn't win. Oh. It takes a while to put that much money back into the bank, and he was about halfway through redepositing his money when his house got robbed. Oh, God. Oh. He made some bad investments, lost the rest, got caught up in an internet fraud scheme, fled uh. to Florida, and died in 1999. Oh. Don't so get a bit greedy. of a sad end for our hero. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. And he probably stopped selling ice cream to kids. <laughs> yeah. Sold whammies to them. <laughs> <laughs> now, game show contestants are mostly random people, and over the years there have been thousands of them. With that many people, you're bound to have some unsavory characters on from time to time. In 1988, a man named Patrick Quinn appeared on Super Password, basically a television version of the board game Code Words. Patrick did amazingly well and was on the show for four days, winning $58,000, which at the time was the largest game show prize ever awarded. After recording, Patrick needed to leave the country for work, so rather than waiting for a check to come in the mail, he asked if he could come down to the studio to collect the check in person. The producer said that was fine, but when Patrick showed up, he found two federal agents waiting for him. <laughs> Hello. Do you have my check? <laughs> it turned out that Patrick was wanted for insurance fraud in two states. He was caught because someone that worked at a bank that he had robbed recognized him on TV and called the Secret <laughs> Service. If you're Okay, here's... If you're going to rob banks, stick to robbing banks. Yeah. Don't go on television. <laughs> I mean, that's up there with what? Was it like Ted, Bun Ted Bundy who was on the dating game? Or, we'll or get was one that. of those serial killers that was on that. Yeah. So Patrick pled guilty and received five years in prison, and he wasn't even allowed to keep his winnings as he went on the show with a false name, which is apparently a, a violates the show's rules. Yeah. However, he did live up to his real name, Carrie Ketchum. <laughs> <laughs> That's where Ash's dad went. <laughs> he got arrested <laughs> on a game show. <laughs> How much must you love game shows to take that risk? Well, we've got a couple more stories here, and the common thread seems to be people after really easy money. Mm. Yeah, I think so you just lots love of money. Fraud and you know one day's work to win you know several tens of thousands of dollars. Yes, they say the love of money is the root of all game shows. <laughs> <laughs> so Paul Curry was a contestant on Jeopardy in 1989. He walked away with $24,000, which was a pretty good sum back then. Jeopardy was just a side project, though. He was after easy money. And his main way of getting it was to marry a successful woman, have her sign over everything she owned to him, take out a huge life insurance policy, and then murder her. <laughs> I mean, maybe game shows were the better choice for him. Yeah. <laughs> Probably should have been on Jeopardy more. <laughs> He'd actually tried this before going on Jeopardy, but his first two wives thought it was weird that he wanted to be listed as the owner of all their stuff and said they wouldn't do it. When they wouldn't, he got a divorce and tried again. Attempt three was with Linda Kincaid, who met him shortly after he went on Jeopardy. The two were wed three years later, and Paul started pushing hard for Linda to take out a large life insurance policy. She was like, well, okay, I guess. <laughs> Makes sense. And then she started to get sick all the time. She died a couple of years later after a miserable couple of years of constant illness, including fatigue, dehydration, and diarrhea. 
But she was so lucky to have her husband there taking care of her. Oh, yeah. He was by her side the whole time to draw her baths, fix her meals, put her to bed, and manage her medications. So she dies, Paul scores $400,000, and he moves across the country to live out the rest of his life quietly as a bachelor. A uh, curious police chief opened the case back up in the mid-2000s, and they ran a toxicology report on Linda's blood work with more advanced methods and showed that she had nicotine levels more than 50 times higher than what is normal for a smoker, and Linda didn't smoke. (laughs) Maybe you should cut back. (laughs) So Paul was arrested in 2010, found guilty, and sent to jail for life in 2014, which was 20 years after Linda died. Jeez, but nicotine, that's an interesting way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. They sort of assume that, that he had made like a nicotine salad dressing <laughs> and would like pour it on her salads and like feed it to her. This salad tastes like the Marlboro Man. <laughs> can't get enough of the salad dressing. <laughs> I get angry and anxious if I don't have salad. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have a hidden ranch patch on my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> so the dating game had a simple premise. A woman would be on one side of divider and three men would be on the other so the audience could see all four. The woman would ask the three men dating questions. If you were a flavor of ice cream, what would you be? Question I ask all of my dates. <laughs> ask Sean every day. <laughs> so she would ask a series of questions, and then at the end, she would choose one of the people to go on a date with. So this show was on the air for eight years, and they tried a few things to spice it up a bit. Over the years, bachelors included Steve Martin, Pee Wee Herman, oh. and Snuffleupagus. <laughs> feel like i would know that shadow (laughs) bachelor number three uh if you were a flavor of ice cream what would you be well (laughs) (laughs) i'd go on a date with snuffleupagus but in 1978 a man named rodney alcala appeared on the show cheryl bradshaw was the bachelorette on this episode and after some witty banter back and forth she chose rodney for her date after the episode the two were chatting backstage and cheryl got a bad feeling She was so unnerved that she decided to cancel the date. Good thing, too, as it turned out that Rodney was a serial killer who had killed and or raped at least eight women. Five before going on the dating game and three after. Oof. Well, I say women, but some were under ten years old. Oh. Fantastic. So when he went on the dating game, his most recent victim was from three months prior. So he was arrested about a year later, put on trial, and found guilty. He was conclusively proven guilty for eight murders, but the number could be as high as 130. Ooh, excuse me? <laughs> he did a lot of awful things, but his brief appearance on the game show earned him the nickname The date, the Dating Game Killer. That must have been great for the dating game. <laughs> I was going to say, not a moniker the show appreciated. And that was the last of the stories that I had. Don't have, like, the Jeopardy Strangler... Tell us to sound like Trebek. <laughs> Trebek would walk up behind you and just be like, wrong answer. I'm just glad they didn't take it as, like, inspiration, like, the next version of the dating game to keep it spicy. Oh, it's like, can you identify the serial killer in the lineup of three? <laughs> One of these is a, a, a criminal of some sort. If you were going to strangle me, what would you use? <laughs> <laughs> um, got a game show stories. Game now. show stories. Yeah. I was almost on the Wheel of Fortune. Were you? Yeah, there was auditions at the Peppermill Casino, and I, I got called back twice, and then I failed a puzzle, and I was not on. What? Huh. Why do you have to audition? You they want to make sure you're yeah. not a serial killer. They want loud, excited, happy people. Huh. Got to make sure you're not too much of a dummy. Well, I, the, the last puzzle, I didn't get like a single letter, so. <laughs> There's only so many letters. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just kept saying A over and over again. Ah? <laughs> you have to use sentences and tell us what you want. There was that show, The Fear Factor, years ago. And I yeah. was always wishing that I could go on that show because I could feel like I could easily do all the stuff they asked the contestants to do. But they probably wouldn't have let me on the show because I would have just calmly and coolly, you know, eaten the bowl of spiders or whatever. <laughs> I was also on that uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire thing at Disneyland twice. Oh, yeah. I forgot they had that. Did you guys ever that do one? that? No. It was Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, but it was just a ride. Like, they did oh. the whole game show. That's weird. You, that sounds like a like, very boring ride. <laughs> well, every, everybody at, everybody in the audience had their own. Like, they had p- people that they had already picked out of the park. But if, if we, when you were in the audience, if you answered fast enough, because you had your own pad, then you'd get mm-hmm. to go up. And I had fast fingers. <laughs> so, that's what they call them. I never made it past, like, the $15,000 thing. And it was always, like, prizes in the park. Like, here's a gift certificate. You get to mm-hmm. shake hands with Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> That'd still be pretty cool. That stuff's expensive. No kidding. And the lines are long. I don't think they do that anymore, but it was fun. I don't think I've ever done any game show stuff. You've yeah, done, me either. You don't know to Jack. To me, I just associate game shows with, like, my college cafeteria and being sick. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Bob Barker was the, the patron saint of sick days. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it was MASH. <laughs> Both. That and uh, Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> Well, if nobody has any more stories, we'll move on to what are your morals worth. So, somebody comes to you and they have a foolproof way to win a game show. And they've got some sort of like wireless transmitter that they're going to wear and go on the show. And you are going to basically be at home on your computer googling the answers and transmitting the answers to them. So, how much would the game show prize have to be for you to be that person knowing that you're going to split the prize 50 50 that just sounds kind of fun espionage (laughs) have you met my anxiety disorder (laughs) because the only thing is like it's not against the law to cheat on a game show so the worst thing that could happen is you won't get the money and maybe be like ostracized in the public a little bit so it's against the law for the game show to cheat but it's not against the law for the contestants to cheat correct interesting drew carey will bring you up back to the baseball (laughs) bat Question, is this a game show like Who Wants to Be the mil- a Millionaire where it's like a person against the show? Or is it a game show like Jeopardy where it's a person against other people? Uh, I don't know. Does that make a difference? Yes, it does. It does. One, I don't mind taking money from the studio. I mind taking yeah. money from Susan. I agree. <laughs> She's a sweet lady. <laughs> well, let's say it's Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Okay. Yeah. Oh, thousand bucks. Only a thousand? This sounds, it sounds mm-hmm. fun. Like you're the man in the chair and you're like. Especially who wants to be a millionaire. You have as much time as you freaking need. It's true. 20,000. I'll say 50,000. So is this how much you guys are taking home? No, that's the whole That's the whole pot. I'm taking home 500. You're doing it for 500 bucks? Yeah. Andy, you're worth more than this. This is fun. Andy does it for the love of the game. I'm going to make Regis Philbin cry. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't really want to be in the public eye at all. That's the only thing that's probably, mm-hmm. you know, I, I got to weigh again. But yeah, probably. You said six grand and I could take home three grand. I'd probably do that. Cool. Well, I think that's all we've got for this week. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Bye.